Welcome in to the 58 West King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tony. You can follow me on Twitter at 58WKingPodcast and under the same name on Instagram, YouTube, and now TikTok. I am joined today, as always, by my co-host, Matt Graham. Matt, how you doing? Did you think I'd ever get a TikTok? I didn't. I'm excited. I've been sending you some TikToks. Have you been getting them? Have you been watching them? Nope. You should look at them. They're funny. They're mostly football and fantasy football related, so I think they're right up your alley. Welcome. Welcome, Tony, to the future. Twitter sinking. It's a sinking like a stone in the sea. And uh, TikTok is there to save your your social entertainment. Well, the reason I haven't watched the videos, I shook my head no when Matt asked that. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing over there, but uh, I think we're trending up with the socials and maybe you and Nate can, uh, can teach me. Anyways, I heard you had something to talk about. What'd you have? Yeah, we got a little uh, rumor alert. I don't know if this is true. I have not been able to vet this in, with any reliable source, but I want it to be true so bad. Uh, all right, so Denver Broncos play the Raiders, right? Sunday, football. Broncos mm-hmm. lose in overtime. And uh, a key mishap in that game is there's a play. Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon fumbles the ball. I think it's like third and two from like the 13-yard line, right? Mm-hmm. Fumbles the ball, jumps on it, but loses yardage. Now it's fourth and six. They go to kick a field goal. That field goal is blocked. Just a bam, bam, bad play for the Broncos offense. I think they showed Nathaniel Hackett on the sideline. Like, like he was just, he was going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, there's rumors that Russell Wilson yelled or maybe have talked down to Melvin Gordon on the sidelines. And then in the locker room, post-loss, Melvin Gordon is bumping future music in the locker room. Um, for those that don't know, future is the ex-fiance to Russell Wilson's now wife, Sierra, and the father of Russell Wilson's stepchild. Just a great, like, we knew, I mean, I think this is real because of, you know, the high knees, the team possibly doesn't like Russell Wilson, all of the, all of that. And to be playing the music of one of your coworkers' exes, that's just a next level troll move. Well, reports continue that Russell Wilson demanded his immediate release. And sure enough, Melvin Gordon was released the next day, citing fumble issues. So they could have just released him because of the fumble issues, that's possible, but... Mm-hmm. I like to think it's because Russell Wilson's manager contacted management of the team because Russell Wilson doesn't do that uh, and was like, yeah, you need to get rid of this guy immediately because he was playing Futures music in the locker room. It's great. It's wonderful. Love it. These are the days of our lives, Tony. I love the drama, but I saw a tweet from uh, Benjamin Albright. I think he's a beat reporter for the Broncos. He said it's not true. Ah, why did you go to the other whole thing? <laughs> he did say it's funny, and I agree with him. So, And I agree with you. This is entertaining. We have a mailbag question. We do, yes. We do have a mailbag question. Um, I got a mailbag question slid into my DMs. Trey Schleister, longtime listener, member of the league, I slid into my DMs and had a question for both of us. And he yep. said that it's a controversial topic, kind of, mm-hmm. uh, but he wanted to know when you get ready for the day, you put your shoes on, do you go sock, sock, shoe, shoe, or do you go sock, shoe, sock, shoe? Tony? I put my socks on upstairs. We don't wear our shoes around the house. We have carpet, you know, and all that. And then I go down before I leave the house and I put my shoes on. I'm not sure if that's the answer he was looking for. I feel like it's not. I go sock, shoe, and then other sock, and then other shoe. 
job big or small, you do it right or don't do it at all. You finish one project before you start another. I finish the project that is the left foot before I finish the project that is the right foot before I start another project. Okay. You kind of, you're the kind of guy that like half paints a room and then fixes the dishwasher kind of, and then like maybe fixes the back porch and then finishes the room, right? That's the kind of guy you are. You can see the this wall behind me to my right, your left. It's still pink. This was uh, uh, the kids' room for the people who lived here previously. We are now going on two years in the house. I have yet to take it down, yet to repaint it. So I guess, yeah, that's the kind of guy I am. So there's your answer, Trey. Tony half-asses and doesn't finish up projects before he starts. Other ones, I'm a, I'm a kind of guy who sees it through. And Matt likes the whole-ass things. Whole-ass things. H-O-L-E. All right. We've got the Week 12 preview and a Thanksgiving segment on tap for today. Full slate of games we're tackling today, Matt. We'll get into those picks here in a sec, but how about an update on our season long standings? All right. So it's you, me, and Dave has entered the mix two weeks now. He's given us picks once live on air, and uh, last week he was he texted them to the group chat before, before the game. So uh, last week, you and me did pretty well. We both went 10 and 4. I mean, um, we actually had a lot of disagreements. We still both went 10 and 4, which is fun. David struggled a little bit. He went eight and six, which isn't horrible. The previous week he went six and eight, mm-hmm. brings uh, his numbers up to 14 and 14. It's 500. Um, I have a feeling David's going to pull himself. He's going to go 16 and 0 this week. I can, I can see it coming. Oh, yeah. For the season, you were at a, you made 100. You hit triple digits. Good job. Let's go. 162. And I am 99 and 63. One game behind you. Just one. Uno. Uno. Not bad. And uh, checking in on our peers, kind of where experts are at. Jeff Ratcliffe went 11 and three this past weekend. Cynthia Freeland, 10 and three. Adam Rank, our uh, Poland apprentice, he went nine and five. So we beat him there again. And Stefania Bell, we've mentioned her a couple of times, seven and seven. Good to see we're still hanging in there with our peers again, still pacing a few of them. So we've got all 32 NFL teams going this week and three games taking place as usual on Thanksgiving Day. With that, in our first matchup, we've got the Buffalo Bills going to Detroit, or staying in Detroit, rather, where Buffalo opened up as eight-point favorites over under at 50.5. What are you doing here, Matt? Detroit Lions are on a three-game win streak, including their first two road wins under Dan Campbell. That's true. Coming home. That's true. That's He had not, up until last week, they had not won a road wow. game in his year-and-a-half tenure. It was like 18 games before he finally got his first road win. Gotta get that monkey off your back at some point. Ah, now the floodgates are open. And they did it two weeks in a row, and now they're going to come home and lose on Thanksgiving to the Buffalo Bills. I will tell you this game is a little bit more interesting because Josh Allen looks fallible. He doesn't look as infallible as he did early in the season. He's dirting some throw, and I think it has to do with his injury. It's got it, right? I, he, I, I don't see it a mental thing. I just think that that injury, maybe there's a flare-up in pain, some discomfort, something, so there's some easy passes that he's missing, but it doesn't matter. They're still crazy good on offense. Mm-hmm. Defensively, they let the Browns do a lot of things last week. Um, we'll see if Detroit can do that as well. Detroit had a pretty good game plan going up against the Giants, the G-Men, who had been pretty solid defensively themselves, and they executed very well. Uh, Jamal Williams is is uh, leading the league in rushing touchdowns at, what is it, 12 now I think I he's think at, so. yep. uh, which is insane. DeAndre Swift, truthers at the beginning of the season. Oof, it's, uh, it's rough. He's technically third string based on snap percentage mm-hmm. last week. Good. He got a touchdown, but it was like every, all the backups were in kind of type of yeah. thing, and it's 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 bad. So we'll see if uh, Detroit can push Buffalo to make this uh, a shootout, as it were, fantasy production shootout. But um, I am taking Buffalo to win. 
on the road at home. Yeah, there you go. Allen has had some struggles recently, but it's a long season, right? 18 weeks, 17 games. Um, you saw it last year with the Chiefs. They still made the AFC Championship. They had some struggles in there. I think that's all uh, the Bills are going through right now. I think they'll be fine. Uh, Lions have been feisty. You mentioned three in a row. They're catching the Bills maybe at the end of their slump. Maybe they're still in the slump, but the talent doesn't compare between these two teams. The coaching doesn't compare. The Bills, finally, they're coming off a win. They've got that top five offense, top five defense. So I'm going to stick with Buffalo. I'm taking the Bills, Matt. Love it. Moving on to the Giants. Also on Thanksgiving Day here, this is the second game. They're going to Dallas to take on the Cowboys, where Dallas opened up as seven-point favorites over under at 43 and a half. What do you got? Dallas. I was on that train last week against the 8-1 and one Vikings, and they destroyed them. One of the videos I sent you on TikTok that was a good pick. is uh, two of the videos I sent you on TikTok is someone taking the – I can't remember the player's name, but the Vikings player is like, it's a great feeling. It's a good feeling feeling 9-1 today. He, in fact, did not go 9-1 that day. They went on to lose 40-3. to But G-Men are uber injured on this, on both sides of the ball. Wondell Robinson's now on IR. That, that wide receiver core is as thin as it's ever been, and it's been really thin. And then defensively, Adore Jackson went down with injury. Um, a couple other members of that secondary. It is... I think it's going to be a rough day for the G-Man. I think they're going to drop their second straight loss, and Cowboys are going to get their second straight win. Yeah, Cowboys showed some grit, some toughness last week against the Vikings in Minnesota. Great call by you. They rebounded nicely. I think they'll take their second-ranked defense in this one and get a W. I've got Dallas as well. Next game, the Patriots go to Minnesota. This is the nightcap to take on the Vikings. Minnesota opened up as three-and-a-half-point favorites, over-under at 45.5. What do you got? I think Minnesota gets the win. I think the Patriots won last week, and sure, I guess, I guess they won. I, I think that they should get a win. Zach Wilson should get a loss, and the Jets should get a tie. That's how I think the record book should reflect on that game. Um, that's not how anything works, specifically the NFL. So that's not how that's going to go. But uh, I'm taking, I'm taking the Vikings to bounce back. Yeah, it's a rough loss. It's tough to lose at home by that many points to the Dallas Cowboys. Came out a little flat-footed, possibly hangover game after that shootout with the Bills that they ended up winning at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll get there. I think Kevin O'Connell will get them back on, get their heads back on straight, get them right, and uh, get them going well, well against a team that talent-wise is just not where they're at. Yeah, the Vikings are vulnerable against the run. They're near the bottom of the NFL and stopping teams so far this season, so New England could find some success there and make this a little interesting. I think the Vikings, though, I think they're going to rebound. New England got a win last week because the Jets were a zero through the air. If you watch that game, it wasn't good. Cousins and friends are a decent step up, though, and they have a top 10 run game, so I've got Minnesota as well. Moving on now to our Sunday games. Tampa Bay goes to Cleveland to take on the Browns, where Cleveland opened up as one-point favorites. Strange. Over under at 46.5. We got the Buccaneers. It's tough because Cleveland, Cleveland, why is Cleveland weird for me to say right now? I don't know. Uh, the Browns <laughs> are playing good offense. Defensively, they're a mess, but Miles Garrett, had a couple good plays in that game uh, against the Bills early. It was kind of cool to see him. I think he tackled Allen for like a huge loss on a on a bootleg play. It was fun to watch. Um, but I'm t- I'm taking the Bucks. It's Tom Brady. Bucks coming off by. Receivers should be healthier. That defense has been getting healthy as the season progressing, so they'll be in a better position to play with some gusto this weekend. And I think they get this win. I think Bucks continue to show what we expect them to show at the end of the season, that they are the clear definitive powerhouse in the NFC South, and they will be one of the probably the third seed, I'd say, in the, in the NFC by, by season's end. A good friend of the show, David Richter, 
he really gets deep into his analytics. He studies the game inside and out. Through his weeks of studying the Bucks, he discovered that Tampa is 2-0 since Tom and Giselle's divorce. Maybe something to keep in mind going forward. Tampa's top 10 in the NFL in offensive efficiency since week nine, top five in defensive efficiency in that same time span. They're riding the ship, it seems, and I'm taking the Bucks on the road on this one as well. So we are matching so far on these first four picks, Matt. We are. This is not great content, but <laughs> it is what it is. All right, Cincinnati goes to Tennessee to take on the Titans, where Tennessee opens up as a field goal favorite over under at 45.5. What are you doing with this one? This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I'm getting the Titans to get some revenge. I have the Titans getting revenge for the AFC playoff game that they lost last year to Cincinnati. Tennessee's playing good, and it really hurts me to say that just because of how disparagingly <laughs> Richter has talked about the Eagles, and yeah. also that I believe the Eagles play the Titans next week, in fact. There you go. So let's hope Cincinnati really, Samaj P. Ryan just gets a bunch of yards and breaks a bunch of tackles, hurts some shoulders and some linebackers. No, Derrick Henry's going to have a big game. Rables, I and I've picked against Tennessee, I think, two out of the last three weeks, and I've looked a fool for it. I would be tied, if not beating you, in the standings if I went on the same train you are, and that's Rabel's a good coach, and Rabel yeah. is a good coach. And it's at home, and they have Derrick Henry, and the Bengals narrowly escaped Pittsburgh with a, with a win. Defensively, Bengals are in a little bit of trouble right now. Offensively, they're doing well. They're playing decently without Jamar Chase. T. Higgins had a big game against the Steelers. Mixon went down. Is Mixon playing in this game? Uh, they're thinking he might miss this week. So we're looking at a lot of Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah. I don't know that that's... Uh, that don't impress me much. He did have a good day. I think he had two touchdowns. I'm taking Tennessee to win this game. Take Tennessee. Yeah, there's probably not many teams where you could consider like the head coach the X factor, but I don't even know if that's a thing. I probably sound like an idiot saying it, but I think that Mike Vrabel is like the X factor for the Titans because no matter who's on the field... I mean, last year, Derrick Henry missed all those games. They still finish as the number one seed in the AFC. They don't have the greatest quarterback, right? They play solid defense. They run the ball through Henry a lot. They limit their turnovers. Then they grind out wins. It's what they do, and I think that's what they're going to do against the Bengals. I'm taking Tennessee as well. Yep. Next game, Houston goes to Miami to take on the Dolphins, where the Dolphins open up as touchdown favorites at home, over under at 45.5. Miami coming off a bye week as well. Correct. Poor Houston. Poor Davis Mills. Davis Mills, get your starts in now because you only got about, I don't know, seven of them, eight of them left yeah. for the end of the season. And uh, your team drafts quarterback. You need to go a backup or at least a early season fill-in so that quarterback is deemed ready to take the starting role. Yeah, Houston's kind of in a tailspin. They're doing everything they can. Damian Pierce is running the ball well, but they're just, God, just poor Davis Mills. Man, There was a point in the Washington Commanders game where I think they had like two yards to Washington's 230. And that was, you know, that game – what the Texans are good at is getting Carson Wentz benched for Tyler Hunt. That's what the, that's what the Texans <laughs> are good at. And they're going up against an offense that is about as fast and exciting as you will find in the NFL yep. this year. Give it up to Mike Mike McD over there. Tyreek, Tua. They're just they're fast as shit. They catch the ball. They don't like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are both fast and also catch. Mm-hmm. Like the Eagles have a couple wide receivers who are fast. They just don't catch very well. And that's the same for a lot of teams, honestly. And then you get to Miami, and it's like, nope, they all catch. Even Sherfield, they're like punt returners, fast as shit, he catches the ball. It's, uh, they got Jeff Wilson now, Raheem Mostert. Uh, it's, 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 tough to, it's tough to not see Miami as like a legitimate Super Bowl contender this year. I think the one holdup would be their defense has been kind of poor. But the talent's there. They just got Bradley Chubb. I can see them putting that defense together and really making a run second half of the season. A uh, long way to say there's not a whole lot to talk about on the Houston side of the ball. 
So I'm just going to tell you how good the Dolphins are. Dolphins win at home. You did a good job giving some filler there. I like it. I also think this is Miami. Uh, these teams are on opposite trajectories. We know this. I didn't put in many of these guys that I'm kind of watching, but Jeff Wilson Jr., you mentioned him. He's come in and dominated touches starting at 40% and then grabbing over 50% in their last game. Wilson is also running 50% of the routes. He's such a big upgrade uh, in this offense versus what he was doing in San Francisco. Hopefully that continues into week 12. Next game, Chicago. They go to New York to take on the Jets. New York opened up as two and a half point favorites over under at 46.5. What do you got? Do we know what Justin Phil's status is? Currently be questionable to play. Eberflus will not rule out it's a season-ending injury. What the f***? He's questionable to play this Sunday, but we're not ruling out that he is out for the season. Don't like that. I'm going to take yeah. the Jets. Jets, is Zach Wilson the problem? Yes. Will Zach Wilson be starting? We don't know. Right? It's Tuesday. We're recording this early for you fine folks because we want to make sure you get content. Put this on. Tony edits this thing perfectly. There's no curse words. This is family-friendly. It's beautiful. Fun. Play that, you know, you can't listen to Christmas music while eating Thanksgiving food. I know some people do. To me, it's like, what? You can have football on in the background, but sometimes that's a little too distracting for the uncles. I think this is the perfect go-between. Play Great. this while you're eating your Thanksgiving food. But anyway, we don't know who's going to be starting a quarterback for both teams this week. Makes it difficult to pick. I'm going to go with the better defense. The Jets defensively are legit. Dude, to lose on a last-minute punt return after you just basically three and out the Patriots for the better part of four quarters, right? That's a term I'm, I'm coining. That's got to hurt. But they're going to come back. And they're going to play. Salah's going to get them ready to play. A team that if Justin Fields is not starting has absolutely no shot of winning. And even if he does, I Salah's smart enough to put a spy, do some cool things. And he's got young, talented defensive backs who are fast and can tackle. I, I like the Jets to win regardless of the quarterback situation on either side. There you go. So we are doing this early, as Matt mentioned. No practice reports out just yet. What we do know is that Fields went down awkwardly last week and banged up his left shoulder, and I think he was already dealing with a hamstring before that. He went in for further examinations after the game on that shoulder. The Bears have a bye week uh, in week 14, so thinking they might just rest him for a few weeks just in case there's concern for re-injury because he has shown he can be the guy, right? Either way, I'm with you. I'm taking the Jets. I think their defense is just too strong. Their offense is competent enough to score some points against this Bears defense because it's not good. And then the Jets' defense, they might even score some points for themselves if Fields doesn't go. So give me the Jets as well. Moving on, Atlanta. They're going to Washington to take on the Commanders where Washington opened up as five-point favorites. Over, under, 44 and a half. We got Falcons. Atlanta Falcons on the road. They're frisky. I don't care that Kyle Pitts tore his ACL. He wasn't doing anything anyway. Um, I just, it's tough because Washington's defense is playing really good. They played really good against the Texans. They got three lucky turnovers against the Eagles. Tyler Heineke is not good. He's not. I'm sorry. I'm taking the Falcons to get a dub here on the road. Five points? You kidding me? Bold. This is what my take? Or the five points that the Washington Commanders are giving. The pick. Just the pick in general. That's, I like it. I'm taking the Falcons. I'm taking the Falcons. I can't have this Washington Commanders on a three-game win streak, including the only loss to the Eagles. NFC East is heating up. Shut the f*** up. Sit down. <laughs> Falcons all the way. Fly, Falcons, fly. That's not a thing. <laughs> birds of a feather stick together. <laughs> commanders are thinking two birds, one Heineke. That's what they're thinking. <laughs> These are good. Are you, did you just come up with all this? All off the top of my head. I'm sober. I'm in a, I'm in a creative place right now. It's good. That's good. Uh, it was an MCL for Pitts. wasn't the ACL. Oh, I knew it was Same difference, though. He, he's going to miss some time. 
Commanders are rolling. They're six and five now. They've won five of six games, and they can shut down the run. That's what the Falcons do well. That's about the only thing they do well. This is strength versus strength. It's in Washington. I like the Commanders. All right, moving on to Denver. They go to Carolina to take on the Panthers, where Denver opened up as four-point favorites. Over-unders at 41.5. What do you got? I think that P.J. Walker needs to be put back in as a quarterback. Darnold. I, oh, what? Oh, God. Yep. Put it this way. All I know is I'm a Deontay Foreman owner, and Deontay Foreman has had almost every game he's doing with P.J. Walker a very good game. And you put Baker in there, and he just sucks. And Baltimore's not specifically good against the run, so I'm blaming Baker Mayfield. That's who I'm blaming. Let's see if Sam Darnold can get Deontay Foreman going. Uh, but it doesn't matter because he's not going to really get going against that Denver Broncos defense that is stifling. Taking Denver on the road. Four-point favorites is bold for a team that loses as much as Denver does. But defensively, they're so good that it's like hard to see Carolina putting up points. Carolina's defense not playing bad either, though. They kept Lamar Jackson and company pretty quiet. So I think this will be another low-scoring game that the Denver Broncos are associated with. Shocker. Um, but I'm taking Denver to win. I feel pretty safe taking the under. Give me Denver. You mentioned the defense. They are the hardest unit to score against in the NFL, but their offense is like dead last in scoring points. Very strange stat. Very strange season for Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackman, the Broncos. This is going to be an ugly game. Probably won't watch much of it. Next matchup, Baltimore. They go to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars, where Baltimore opened up as four-point favorites. Over under 46.5. What do you got? I'll take Baltimore. Get, get back on track. Yep. I mean, they, they didn't lose last week. I just I think that they had a somewhat poor showing against the Carolina good. Panthers team. But I actually think Carolina Panthers defensively are they're better than what they get credit for. They've struggled against a couple games against the Falcons, whatever. But they've held you know the likes of Tom Brady and others to very modest scoring outputs. So I, I think that we should we should overlook that game a little bit from the Baltimore side of things. I think they win. Jaguars or the Jaguars. They're kind of they're also coming off by this week. Also coming off by this week, Doug Peterson's pretty good coming off the bye. I don't think it's going to matter. I think they're going to struggle to keep Lamar Jackson in check. I think this is a big Lamar Jackson game. And defensively, we'll see if Baltimore can stop Trevor Lawrence. I I don't feel like slam dunk Baltimore, but I'm leaning Baltimore. I'm tempted to take the Jaguars in this one coming off the bye. However, the Jaguars, they're 32nd in the NFL in overall defensive efficiency, 31st against the pass and 19th against the run. I'll take Baltimore. Andrews seemed pretty healthy. Uh, he got eight targets last week, catching six of those for 63 yards. So you'll take that. Moving on, the Chargers. They go to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Chargers open up as one and a half point favorites, over or under at 47.5. What do you got? The Chargers play the way they play the Chiefs. They'll probably win a lot more games. They'll lose to the Chiefs, still, ironically enough. Yeah. Um, they look decent. They look not bad on, on Sunday night against the Chiefs. Arizona's man, it's, they just got the brakes beat off. Poor Colt McCoy. You love you love Colt McCoy. I like to see it. I think Kyler's probably back for this game. I'd imagine he would be. Malcolm Brown might also be back for this game. Rondell Moore won't be. So we'll get a, another heavy dose of Dorch, which I kind of like Dorch. I'm not gonna lie. I watched him play. I was like, eh, he's he's feisty. Catches the ball. Catches everything. There was a there was a fourth and two though where him and Colt McCoy were not on this. I mean there was. A lot of players where he was not on the same page, but there was it was bad. It was bad. Bad route by Torch. But yeah, I think the Chargers won this game. Justin Herbert has been playing pretty good football with a limited cast wide yeah. receiver. Wide receivers should be even closer to healthier for this week. I think Everett plays this week as well. Get that tight end presence back on the offense. I, I think they win. I think they win. 
Yeah, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, they're half back. Is that fair to say? They're not fully back. They were in and out of the lineup uh, last week against the Chiefs. Mike Williams had a crazy good catch against the Chiefs. And that was about it, it was right? Phenomenal. Yeah, that was about it. But it was yeah. a really good catch. Yeah, Chargers put up points, and the Cardinals, they're not operating at full strength themselves. Ertz is done for the year. Hopkins and Murray both have hamstring injuries they're nursing. Uh, Murray may play this coming week. That helps still take the Chargers. And Hollywood Brown, you mentioned he may be returning from his fractured foot. Still not 100%. And then Rondell Moore also uh, joins them, nursing an injury. I know the Cardinals' defense has exceeded expectations, but I'm also with you taking the Chargers to get a road win in this one. Next matchup, Las Vegas. They go to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Over under 44 and a half. What do you got? I'm taking the Seahawks. Had sports betting become legalized in California, which it was not, I would probably be putting a decent amount of money on the Seahawks. Uh, Josh Jacobs looks... He looks like he's a great running back. Shout out Nate calling that beginning of the season. I thought he yep. was done for. He's been having a good year. Uh, Nate called that one. I just don't think that it's enough to go, to score enough. I think Seahawks can, are going to put some points up. The Raiders are not good defensively. They have struggled. They had a decent game against Denver Broncos. Everybody does. Everybody does. <laughs> but going into that game, they had struggled to stop teams. And Seahawks, Geno Smith, Metcalf, Lockett, yeah, Kenneth Walker. Oh, yeah. KW3. KW3. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Yeah, that, they're just, I don't know. Seahawks are winning this game. And it's at home. And it's the 13th man going on. Yeah, it's Seattle. The 13th man. Did you add one to that? There's, yeah, the 12th man. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the Seahawks. It's in Seattle. The Seahawks are coming off the bye. You mentioned that. The Raiders, they barely eked out a win against the lowly Broncos. I hate Pete Carroll, but I like what the Seahawks have done this season. They've surprised us all. But yeah, give me Seattle. Rams, they go to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. This line opened up at 14 and a half towards Kansas City. Obviously, over under is at 44. What do you got? Chiefs, I think they're predicting that the Chiefs are going to win 43 to nothing if you're going to take the under in that game. <laughs> yeah, it's Chiefs. It's Chiefs. Rams are, there's no sense in beating a dead homeless person. <laughs> it is lost edge. Uh Beating a dead horse with a homeless person? Is that what you're going for? Beating a dead horse with a dead homeless person. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> what we'll be doing, talking crap about the Rams. So I'm not going to do it. No Cup, no Stafford, no, no Wolford, line. no offensive line, Andy Reid, Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. This is the kind of game Kansas City fans are going to love to watch. And that's TV's looking real good right about now for Sean McVay, right? Yeah, no kidding. He's man. What happened? Did he... He did win a Super Bowl. He got it last year. At least he got that Super Bowl. And now you can, you know, he's never going to, because even if he has bad seasons, he's never going to be considered a failure because he was good for a while, made a Super Bowl with Jared Goff, and then won a Super Bowl ultimately with Matthew Stafford. So he's always going to go down as a good coach. But I think the NFL figured him out. And he didn't, I don't, not even that. Do we go personnel decisions? I wouldn't go that far. Mortgaging the future. I've been following the Rams for many, many years, about five, maybe several long they've been in L.A. Uh, this year, the offensive line from the get-go, coming out of the gate, they were already injured. They lost like two or three linemen, and it's been the same. You lose a couple every week, you have a new unit. They can't mesh. Yeah. We're starting to lose skill position players. The defense was okay up to a point, but I think they're just going to reload for next season. Obviously, no first-round draft pick, but that hasn't stopped them before. So hopefully with that, you know, that schedule, playing all the fourth place finishers in the divisions, hopefully that helps them out next year. Yep. This year's done. They're toast. Yeah. Yeah, for me it's Chiefs easy. I don't think uh, you need any further 
commentary there. Next matchup, New Orleans. They go to San Francisco to take on the Niners. San Fran opened his four-point favorites over under at 47 and a half. What do you got? San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, made some disparaging remarks about the 49ers, both in group chat and also on this platform. <laughs> Not looking good. Looking like some bad takes. They, 6-8 yesterday, they look like a problem. Most of the other teams look like they have problems. The Niners look like they just are one. And I know we were planning on doing initially a rest of season rankings. And one of the questions was Debo or IU. And I'm watching this game and I'm like, it's Debo. And then IU catches his second touchdown. I'm like, shit. They go to him in the red zone quite a bit. And then Debo scored his second touchdown. I'm like, shit. I think it's Debo. But like, I could see the Debo role and the McCaffrey role vibing in and out on a week-to-week basis. I think Ayuk's kind of the red zone guy for Jimmy and the third down guy for Jimmy. That being said, I still think I'd take Debo. But taking the Niners to win this game and probably continue winning some games. Interesting. I think they play one more game against Seattle. Yep. It'd be interesting to see if Seattle can keep the division somewhat interesting because that's really the only team that is going to challenge the Niners for that, for that division. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But, man, they look good. They look good. Yeah, I hate it so much. But I'm also taking the Niners. They're the more complete team. They're the better coach team. They've got more playmakers. If you watched them last week, they are a problem. They're dangerous. So, yeah, give me the 49ers as well. Moving on now to our Sunday night football game. Green Bay, they go to Philly. Take on your Eagles. Eagles open up as three-point favorites over under at 45 and a half. What you got? I don't know. I'm fresh off of watching the Eagles on a Thursday night football game not convincingly beat the Houston Texans. (laughs) They beat them, but they didn't convincingly beat them. And then lose to the Washington Commanders. Mm-hmm. And then barely, barely by the hair on my chinny-chin-chin beat the Jeff Saturday-led Indianapolis Colts. And then Nick Sirianni got all like emotional with the fans talking <laughs> Like this is for Frank Reich. Like you barely beat a team you should have beat by three touchdowns. I love you, Nick Sirianni. I do enjoy him as head coach. I like his press conferences. I like how he is with players. I enjoy. I think he's a good head coach, and I like him for the Philadelphia team. But you standing up and like talking to the fans, and this is for Frank Reich. You barely won by one point against a team you had no business beating by only one point based on the talent level and what's been going on the rest of the season. I think that was a win for the Colts. Even though it was a loss, and I think it's a win for Jeff Saturday. Even though it was a loss, like, it, I think felt, like it. felt like a win, and they got the loss, but they were up sixteen to three in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think they beat Green Bay. It's at home. Green Bay is not outside of a, an emotional win against Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys at home. They have been pretty much dog most of the season. I don't think offensively they do enough to get points up on our defense, who looks. Revitalized with Adama and Sue and Linval Joseph. You don't need them both. They're old. I get it. But they one played 24, one played 17 snaps. That's perfect. You're getting 40 snaps of quality defensive tackle play. That's all you need. Offensively, hopefully they figure out the Dallas Goddard problem because it's a problem. That's all I'm on here is podcast is to bring you Eagles <laughs> analysis. And Goddard allows you to run the ball while also looking like you're going to pass the ball. Jack Stoll and Cal Katera do not do that. So when you have three tight ends on the field and none of them are Dallas Goddard, you're very obviously running the ball. And that's it's a problem. It's a problem. There's no chance you're passing it. There's none. They need to figure out some things offensively, switch things up, and Jalen Hurts needs to stop sacking himself. That's what he's doing. He's running into pressure. Um, but I think they'd be great. 
Yeah, Philly's shown some gaping holes in their defense the past couple of weeks, and they try to fill those holes with Sue and Linval Joseph. You mentioned those guys. Will it work? Maybe, but Eagles still have a top five offense. They're second in the NFL in rushing efficiency, sixth in rushing yards. They're taking care of the ball. Hurts, I believe he's a top five quarterback this season. The defense is still top five on the air despite their recent struggles. I like the Eagles to take down the Packers this week. Give me Philly. And in our final matchup, this is the Monday night game. This is Pittsburgh going to Jeff Saturday's Colts where Indy opened up as two and a half point favorites over under one of the lower ones on the week at 39.5. What do you got? Steelers. Steelers get a road win. Okay. Steelers get a road win. I'm taking Tomlin over Saturday. That's all I'm doing here. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't. I'm taking TJ Watt against that offensive line and Matt Ryan. I'm taking George Pickens against the, against Stephon Go. I don't know. I don't feel good about it, but I'm going to take Steelers because I think you're leaning Indy, and I want to have us differentiate again. So I'm taking Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't feel great about it. They did score a lot of the Bengals. We'll see. They put up some points last week. Indy's defense here, though, the last couple weeks, they've stepped up feisty in their own right, right? Fifth against the pass, seventh against the run. The classic interim head coach bump, we've talked about that uh, before Jeff Saturday you know, coached his first game two weeks ago. Uh, on the Steelers' side, Pickett ranks 32nd out of 39 eligible quarterbacks in terms of his passing grade. He just hasn't been good, and I'd be more optimistic about the Steelers if he was just middle of the pack, right? Unfortunately, he isn't. Give me Indy. You are correct. Lean in Indianapolis. There we go. Let's hope we continue trending up this week. I think we had a good week uh, in week 11. Seems like we should have a good idea of what these teams are at this point. Before we get into our Thanksgiving uh, segment, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Welcome back. Every year we've done this podcasting deal. We've had a special segment for each holiday, and this year's no different. For Thanksgiving, we're doing things in fantasy football we're not thankful for. No one ever talks about Thanksgiving from this angle, Matt, but we're here for you guys. Why don't you get us started? What's your first one? Look, it's too easy to tell you. I'm thankful for Stefan Dix. I'm thankful for Justin Jefferson. I'm thankful for Saquon Barkley. Oh, how nice. You know what I'm not thankful for? I'm not thankful for Allen Robinson. What's going on? Is it him? Is it the Rams? Is it the racist Matthew Stafford? I don't know. I don't think he's actually racist. I don't want to disparage a man with a concussion. I don't know what it is, but I'll tell you what I'm not thankful for. His lack of production in Chicago was like, oh, he's just pissed off because he's playing on a bad team. I mean, he's still technically playing on a bad team, but also like he had one touchdown this weekend and he had 14 points and it was his highest scoring game of the season. And it was 14 points. He blew up to every other number one wide receivers floor. Not thankful for him and that offense, but mostly that's a good one. My first one's Arthur Smith, coach of the five and six Atlanta Falcons. I'm not thankful for what he's done to the prospects of Kyle Pitts and Drake London this year. Made me look like a damn fool for drafting Pitts as much as I did. But you know what? You know what felt good this week, Matt? What felt good? Dropping Kyle Pitts across all of oh, those leagues. Yeah, that is cathartic. Get well soon, Kyle. But I no longer have to have that doubt going into each week setting my lineups. All right, that's got to feel... Weight has been lifted. All right, what's your second one? Uh, this one is not specific to fantasy football. It's more football-related, but it has a huge impact on fantasy football as a whole. My new least favorite penalty call, and it, the uptick has been crazy this year, and it is ineligible man downfield. Offense, five-yard penalty. Repeat first down. When you have quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Marcus Mariota, 
Justin Fields, Tua Tagovailoa, said that right. The list continues of quarterbacks who are a threat to run and pass. RPOs, the evolution of the modern offense to incorporate more college-style plays, including new head coaches. Coaches coming from college, coaches coming from explosive offenses, new, trying to change the wheel a little bit. Things are evolving. So what happens? You get a poor offensive lineman who runs three yards further than he should because he doesn't know that they're running or passing because that's not his job. His job is just to go block somebody, and he's ineligible. No one thought that Jason Kelsey was going to catch the pass. I guarantee you that the def- the linebackers or cornerbacks were like, number 62 is running wide open down the seam. No one's concerned about that. It's such bullshit. I've seen at least 100-plus yards from the Eagles get called back on penalty, and I've seen it happen across the league when they pop down games. It is it's a dumb rule. It's a dumb rule. I don't like it. I, ha- I hate it for fantasy. Not thankful for the ineligible man downfield. That's a good one. That's so annoying because usually, like, that's just a massive screen or the play's just like 40 or 50 yards. And then there's a flag. Ah, oh, come on. Holding? Nope, not holding. But, like, the lineman didn't report as eligible. They weren't going to throw him the ball. Come on. And they want to blame the quarterback. Well, he should have got rid of the ball. Yeah. Faster. It's like that. It's a game. It happens it's, so fast. It's a, right? And it's a run pass option. He's still deciding if he's going to run. That's so messing my head out. All right, my second one Nathaniel Hackett, head coach of the Denver Broncos. I am not thankful for Hackett derailing the Broncos' season this year. The offense hasn't worked all year. They'd be 9-1 and one if they scored 18 or more points in each game this year. 9-1, and one, Matt. They'd be 9-1. and one. He gave up play calling. I know. It didn't help. On top of that, he can't keep Russell Wilson from doing calisthenics on a 13-hour flight. Come on. I imagine Denver fans in that organization have had enough of Hackett and that he's done after the season. But most importantly, Matt, I've had enough. Get him out of here. What's your third one? Third and final, what I'm not thankful for this Thanksgiving season in football is fantasy football tight ends. The tight end position as a whole, what a show. I basically just want to, can we record this, clip this, shoot this out? Let me save it as a favorite on my phone. Every year, I'm sitting at the 11th or 12th pick, and I have a chance to take Travis Kelsey. And every year, I don't. And every year, I'm like, not this year. I know the guy in the 13th round who's going to fool everyone and have a big season. Let me read you. And a half PPR through 11 weeks. What our fantasy, what the scores are for our tight ends. You ready? Do it. Travis Kelsey, 188.5 fantasy football points. That's good. Number two, Mark Andrews, 109. Almost a full 80 points less. Almost a full eight points per game less than Travis Kelsey. Next up, Hawkinson, 97 points. 10 more points down. And then we it gets ugly. Then you got Zach Ertz out for the season at 92 points. Dallas Goddard at 91 points on injured reserve. Taysom Hill at 88 points, 75 of which came in one game. <laughs> Jawan Johnson at 80 points. Ugh. He's had touchdowns in five straight games. Then you have Fryermuth at 76, Cole Komet at 74, and Conklin at 68, rounding out that group. Between 1 and 12, there is a 120-point disparity between those two. It is ugly. And a lot of these guys, not drafted, right? Taysom Hill, not drafted. Juwan Johnson, not drafted. Tyler Conklin, not drafted. It's just, I am not thankful for, I, I, you know, this was always like, let's get rid of kickers and defenses. Let's get rid of tight ends. I don't care that they're part of the offense. It is, <sighs> shout out Meaty Clackers, still number one in the league. And he's obviously has Travis Kelsey. Yeah. But. yeah, it's been a rough position this year. And Mark Andrews has been hurt. He's missed time. Kyle Pitts didn't pan out. He was a third-round pick. Kyle Pitts did not pan out. He was a third-round pick. Fell for that. 
across a lot of leagues. That's a good one. My last one is people who auto-draft. That's the final thing I'm not thankful for. Why do you auto-draft? Grow a pair, draft your own team, and stop being a coward. It makes me so angry. In Nate's League and Taco Corp, guys on podcast, check it out, Taco Corp FFL, two teams that auto-drafted are currently occupying two playoff spots. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Is it a disgrace, or are we just not as good as ESPN ranking systems, even though we talk a bunch of about ESPN's ranking systems? We do talk a lot of shit. <laughs> That's the other angle. I'm just being honest. <laughs> this might be born out of a little jealousy because I'd like to be occupying one of those playoff spots, but yeah, don't auto-draft. Stop it. Then we talk about these things weeks ahead of time, right? Group chats, Facebook groups. Hey, if you have a problem with this date, let us know. I've never once been or seen a commissioner say, you know what? It is what it is. No, we're always willing to be flexible. We want everybody to not auto-draft. I'm with you. It's very frustrating. I'm thinking next year in 50 West King, not auto-drafting, but just picking whoever Yahoo recommends. I'll probably do better, honestly. And I won't be an auto-draft, but it'll be basically uh, almost auto-draft. It'll be a hybrid. Anyways, there you go. Again, it's important to also focus on things we're not thankful for. It's an angle no one's looking at. Pretty sure there's some Greek philosopher out there with a good quote on that. We'll, uh, we'll put producers Josh and David to work on that after the show. All right. Awesome. That is all we have, guys. Before we put a bow on this, I just wanted to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully you're able to spend some time with friends and family, watch some football, you know, make some memories. Matt, you got any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, Yeah. Get your side game on, right? Turkey is good sometimes. Turkey is not good other times. Nate will be the first to tell you that Thanksgiving food sucks, but you know what doesn't suck? Really good sides. We're making a, we're making a jalapeno popper dip and an artichoke dip that I'm going to barbecue. So I'm gonna, we're going to pre-make it, and then I'm going to heat it up on the barbecue, throw a little smoke on it. A smoky get some, flavor? Get some flavor. Yeah. Um, do some, just, there's a lot to be done with sides. Don't skimp on the sides. The turkey is the turkey. But normally in the rest of your life, I'd say focus on your main chick. Don't have any side chicks. Thanksgiving, the exact opposite. Get all the side chicks together. Make them spicy. I want someone to talk to me the way Matt talks into his mic about food. Like it, Just the passion, the intensity, his voice, like it gets deeper. Like It's good. It's almost like if his Kaiser profile says morbidly obese or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> cool. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week with our week 13 picks. Best of luck in your Thanksgiving parlays. Good luck in fantasy. And we'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Suck it, David. Bye. Are you able to create the video where it's like top and bottom? I can do whatever. Top and bottom, bottom, top. Where you want to be? You want to be on top? Be on bottom? <laughs> I say, I say, switch it up. Switch up. Why does Nate's mic sound in every one of those posts like he's f-ing breaking the sound barrier? Overrated. <laughs> you know, when your kid says, hey, daddy, and then you look over and you have to figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah. What's up, y'all? Oh, look at that. <laughs> Mommy's doing dishes, Daddy's doing a podcast, and this is what we see. She left. Mom she left? Two she left is that makeup or Sharpie? What are we dealing with? Is that with makeup over there? or Sharpie? Sharpie? Sharpie. <sighs> yes, she has a Sharpie in her makeup. Girl Dad for Life. I'm sure it'll come off eventually. <laughs> Turpentine? Turpentine. <laughs> <laughs>